Let me ask you something, and, and you don't have to raise your hand this morning because I don't want to put you on the spot, but how many of you worry? Okay, don't raise your hand. Don't look down, don't do this because that's just like raising your hand. But how many of you worry? You spend a moderate amount of your life worrying, okay? Now, this is not, this is not going to be a condemning sermon or anything like that, so we just don't do that here. But listen to me, I, I, want you to, I want you to listen to me this morning because we're, we're talking about, if, if you're visiting with us, we've started a series, it's called Keys to the Kingdom, Bringing Heaven to Earth. We are, as Christians, each of us are little islands of the kingdom because Jesus lives in us and wherever the king is, his domain is. And so all of us, if you know Christ this morning, you're, you're a little island of the kingdom. And we're trying to learn how to use the keys that Jesus gave his disciples, who in turn passed them to the next generation and the next generation until they get to us. We're trying to use the keys that give us access to the, to the, to the resources that we need to live the kind of life that Jesus intended us to live. Now, I've mentioned this several times, but, but the first thing of utter importance is that you have a relationship with Jesus. Otherwise, these keys don't work, okay? You can't just mechanically put them in the door and the door open. But if you have a relationship with Jesus, there are keys that he's given us. There, there are things that he has taught us that, uh, that open the door for us to have what we need when we need it. When the situation arises, he's already made provision for us. But we have to access those keys. And last week, we, we looked at, uh, at a key, and I hope it's going to come up on the screen. I'm going to trust my, my team. They don't know I'm a, and, and, and here it is. The capacity for experiencing, exploring, and enjoying abundant life, uh, 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 enjoying abundant kingdom life, requires a lifestyle of consistent repentance. And we talked about last week a lifestyle of repentance. It's not just something we do every once in a while. It's something, it's a lifestyle that we live. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I mean, how many of you like to take a hot shower? Okay, there's, I doubt seriously there's anybody in here that's adult age that doesn't like a bath every once in a while. Okay? <laughs> repentance is like a bath. Okay? I mean, there are days when I come in, I don't, I'm not even, I don't even want to eat. I just want to get in the shower, okay? And, and that's the kind of, it's a gift from God, repentance is. He's given us repentance so that, that he can cleanse us and so that the doors will open to what we need. Well, there are other keys. That's the first one that we've looked at, the first principle. But, but today I want to share another one with you. Worry, I ask you how many of you worry. Worry is nothing more than a paralysis of a person's faith. Okay, that's all worry is. Worry or anxiety. You're going to hear me say this several times today. But worry and, 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 boy, those are two hard words to say right together. And anxiety do not exist in heaven. Okay? Therefore, they should not exist in the life of a believer. Especially one who's intent on experiencing the abundant life that Jesus has promised us. And by that, I mean the kingdom life. That's what we're talking about. We tend to worry... Most people who worry, they worry about everything. Amen? They don't just worry about a few things. They worry about everything and anything. 
If you're a worrier this morning, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. You worry about worry. Okay? Yet we have a, a heavenly Father who has promised to take care of every need that we have. That's what Scripture teaches this morning. Most people in this room this morning believe that God can redeem their, their life from the pit. That he can, redeem, he can forgive their sins. Amen? Okay. Many of you believe that he can, he can forgive those sins and, and deliver you and break the chains that hold you in place. That he can take you to heaven rather than hell. Amen? That he can give you eternal life. So why are we consumed about little situations and circumstances of everyday living when we trust God for the future? I mean, if he can do it in the by and by, he can do it in the here and now. Okay? We believe God can take care of us in the big things, but sometimes we struggle to believe that he can take care of us today. Now, that doesn't make much sense. Okay? If you're a believer this morning, Jesus lives in you. Therefore, as I said a few minutes ago, the kingdom of God is within you. You're the king's domain. And by that I mean the king lives in you. Okay? Which makes you a part of his kingdom. It makes you a little outpost. An island. Whatever you want to call it. But most believers are not living a life that demonstrates this. Because most believers are seeking the wrong things. Okay, and I'll explain what I mean by that. They're pursuing things. Sometimes, I mean, we just be honest, we are pursuing things. Things, uh, we're trying to take responsibility for the things that only God can provide. Listen to me, if you seek something you don't have the capability or the ability or the responsibility to provide, the provisions of whatever it is, then what you are seeking is impossible. And if it's impossible, you know what happens? You get frustrated. And you worry because I can't get what I need. We're seeking something that we're incapable of providing for ourselves. And worry is the result of just utter incapability. It's, it's utter inability. It's utter helplessness, which it, it really results after a while in hopelessness. And it's seeking the wrong things to satisfy real needs. Now, I'm not talking about Mercedes and property and lakefront homes and, and man, I, that's not what I'm talking I'm talking about the simple things that we all need every day. Health. Uh, uh, food, clothing, a place to live, our bills paid. That, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about this morning. Most of you, when you hear me use the phrase kingdom of God, you hear me, but you don't grasp what that really means. Kingdom means the king's domain. It's where the king is. And if you belong to Jesus, I've said this already twice, maybe three times, you are the king's domain. And the king is responsible for your provisions 
and your protection. Because you are a part of His domain. He's in charge. Okay? He's large and in charge. You're not the king. I'm not the king. We're not the king. So therefore, it is no longer my responsibility. Now, I have to get up and go to work. I have to show up. But it's His responsibility to provide. It's His responsibility to protect. It's not our job. Folks, listen to me. Our responsibility, and this is, this is the principle for today. Our responsibility is to seek the provider, not the provision. Okay? We've got to seek the provider, not the provision. We've got to pursue God, and He will provide. That's a kingdom principle. It's all over Scripture. We pers- if we pursue the provisions of God apart from God, we will be frustrated in our pursuit. Okay, it's, ju- it's just that simple. If you're frustrated this morning, listen to me. I, I-, I mean this, I'm supposed to say it with a smile. I mean this from the-, from the bottom of my heart. If you're frustrated this morning in your Christian life, and you're not experiencing the things that, that Scripture talks about, it's because you are not pursuing God. Okay, it's just that simple. You are pursuing something else. It may smell like God, look like God, sound like God, but it's not God. Because when we pursue God, Scripture tells us we will find Him. And when we find Him, everything that we need for that moment is provided. Okay? Our responsibility then is to seek the provider, not the provision. It's that simple. Here's the kingdom principle in Jesus' words. And it's found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Jesus said this, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Let me read that again. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Now, most of us can quote that verse from memory. Amen? We, we've heard that verse. But most of us don't actually believe that verse. Okay? Listen, the result of disobeying that verse is worry and anxiety. That's just, I'm supposed to smile. That's just the way it is. Worry is not a kingdom attribute. I've said this earlier, worry doesn't exist in heaven, therefore it should not exist in the king's domain here. But, 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 no buts. What my, my, my mother worried, well, you're not your mother. What my daddy worried, but you're not your daddy. You're you. And when we really come to that place where we put our life in God's hands, And we begin to trust Him to provide for us and to protect us. Worry disappears. Now, let's just all be honest. We all get anxious, don't we? I do. We all, from time to time, worry about things. None of us have arrived there perfectly. So that's, you know, this is not... You know, you're not getting a, a, a beating this morning because I live with, in the herd with you, okay? I'm, I'm a sheep just like you are, and I, I struggle sometimes too. But we need 
to grasp God's love for us. Man, some of those songs we sang this morning, I'm just reminded over and over and over as I listen how much God loves me. And you need that every once in a while. Because the world we live in tells you a different story and demonstrates a different story. But God, uh, He loves us and He's concerned for us. And I want you to listen. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture. You can follow it on the screens. But I want to read Matthew chapter 6. And I want to read verse 25 through verse 32. I may go all the way through verse 34, but 32 will be up on the, on the screen. Through 32 or 33. Jesus is, he, He's teaching and he's, he's just mentioned that you know, a man or a woman, they, they can't have two masters. They can't love God and love money. You're going to serve the one that you really love. And then he, he kind of turns, and what he's doing, he's, he's, he's preparing them to hear how much God loves them. See, they were concerned about the same things we're concerned about. What are we going to eat? What are we going to, what are we going to wear? I mean, where are we going to live? Where are my kids going to go to school? How am I going to, how am I going to pay the, the bill for this and, and that? And when taxes come due, how am I going to meet those needs? See, they lived in the same world we live in. Okay? And this is what Jesus said. He said, for this reason, I say to you, don't be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, not for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing. And then he gives an illustration. He says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? Now, every time I think about his illustration, I can see birds. Now, birds don't line up on power lines and wait for manna to fall out of heaven. Okay? They look for the provisions God has put there. And they go after them. Okay? So that, that's what Jesus is saying. God will provide for you. You just be, you have your eyes open and you be prepared to move. And then he says this, And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you so worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They don't toil, they don't spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? If God is concerned about grass that we mow with a lawnmower once a week, will he not give us something to wear? Don't worry then, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles, that's us, by the way. Eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And then he says it. But first, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Listen to me. Did, did you hear Jesus there? Did you, did you hear the, the concern of his heart in the questions that he's asking? I mean, listen to these questions. Is not your life more 
than food and your body more than clothing? Oh, uh, well, yeah. Because he didn't expect to know on any of these. Uh, yeah. Are you not worth more than, than they are? And he's talking about the birds? Uh, yeah. Will not God do much more so for you? Your heavenly father knows all you need. He knows that you need all these things. The answer to those questions is implied. Yes, God already knows what we need. Therefore, in the kingdom, we're not supposed to pursue what God himself, the king, is responsible for providing. You see, we're, we're, we're butting heads with God. Have you ever worked with somebody, someone who wanted to do your job? They, they weren't happy with what they were given to do, so they wanted to do yours? That's what this is. We want to do God's job. You know why? It's really simple. We want to be God. We want to be in charge. We want to be in control. How many of you like being in control? Let's just be honest. Most of us do. Because if I'm in control, I know what the outcome's probably going to be. Listen, God's in control. He's in charge. And so we're not supposed to pursue what the king himself is responsible for providing. So what are we supposed to pursue? What, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to do it? Well, Jesus says it. He tells us how to do it. Here, this, here are the key, is the key that will open the door to the provisions that we have. Folks, all of us need food to eat, clothes to wear. We need a place to live. Those are just basic human uh, needs. Every culture has those needs. Every culture struggles to make sure those, those, provision, those things are provided for. That's a basic human uh, desire. Jesus says this. He says, seek first his kingdom. Now, we jump to the end of the verse, and he'll provide everything you need. Well, where is it? Well, are you seeking his kingdom? What does that mean? Matthew, very often, he will use it. It's, it's kind of an interchangeable way that, that he does this. But when he talks about the kingdom, he's talking about God. Seek God. Pursue God. Go after God. You can't pursue God with all your heart if you're anxious or worried. Okay? Amen? I mean, I don't think I'm telling you anything you don't already know. When you're worried, your mind is divided. You're focused on two fronts. Okay? As a soldier, you can't fight on two fronts. You've got to kill one enemy and then face the other enemy. You can't, we're not made to do this. I heard a scientist this week say that no one can multitask. Now, you may think you can, but a scientist has he's shown, based on the brain, we cannot multitask. We were made to do one thing at a time. When you're multitasking, your attention is divided. And you're focused in two or three different things. Now, if you want to talk to me and argue about that after it's over, it's okay. I don't care. I can't multitask, okay? 
I can do one thing at a time. But Jesus says, seek first His kingdom. With all our heart, we have to pursue God. I love what Hebrews 11, verse 6 says. It says, and without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And he who comes to God must believe that He is. And that he's a warder of those who seek him. Worry and anxiety are nothing more than fear. Okay? Where fear exists, there's very little faith or no faith. Okay? And fear brings worry. Fear brings anxiety. Well, I just don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what the situation is going to be. I don't know if I'm going to have this. I don't know what's going to happen here. All of a sudden, then you're overwhelmed with worry and you become anxious. Instead of going, you know what? I am a king. I am the king's domain. I am the I'm the island of the king right here. I'm a little outpost uh, on 93, 94 Thermal Road of the kingdom of God, and God is responsible for taking care of me. He's responsible for meeting the needs that I have. But instead, we get we get caught up in that fear and it becomes like a snowball an avalanche it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and fear and faith folks cannot exist in the same place so what does what does jesus say he says seek god he's the pearl of great price go after him with all your heart what it means is to search god out to pursue him with a laser focus Many of you ever got so focused that you forgot about your kids? You forgot about the fact that there were a thousand people around you? You were so focused. That's what he's saying. Focus in on God. The kind of seeking I'm talking about, the word he uses there, denotes that if we seek in that manner, we will find what we need. There's a promise there. If you seek this way, you will find. That's exactly what Jesus says later. Those who seek shall find. Those who knock, it will be opened. So we have to pursue him with that focus. Listen, what that means is you gotta turn, sometimes you've got to turn over every rock. You've got to beat every bush. You've got to open every door. So this morning, if you're not finding God, okay, I say this with love, but you're not looking for God. Well, I don't like that. Well, I didn't say it. God did. He says this in, in, in Jeremiah 29, 13. If, and you will seek me, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. If I'm not finding God, I'm not searching for him because he's not hiding. He's the proverbial elephant in the middle of the room. He's right there. I'm just not looking for him. I won't turn that direction and acknowledge him because he's there. If you and I want to enjoy the guarantees of the kingdom, the resources of of the king's domain, folks, we've got to pursue God with all our heart. To seek first the kingdom is Jesus' way of saying, seek God. Go after God. He's not hiding. We quote this verse. We, 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 we write this verse on bumper stickers. We, we do all kinds of stuff this, this verse. But our problem is, is that we don't obey this verse. And we don't live it out moment by moment. We talk about it. We just don't do it. And listen, here's a, here's a fact that's etched in stone. It will not change. We live out what we believe. Okay? 
Everything else is just talk. Jesus tells us, seek first his kingdom. So we got to go after God. Full tilt, whole hog, okay? We got to go after God. We seek God. Then he says this. He tells us, seek his righteousness. Now what he's saying there is, is that we're supposed to live and act like the king. We're supposed to imitate the king. How many of you know this to be true? Our children usually act like we do. Amen? There's nothing worse than hearing your child say something that you said that you didn't mean for them to hear. And it's like a a mini version of you. Folks, we're supposed to look and act like Jesus. We're supposed to, to, to live the way Jesus lived. We, if we do what the king tells us to do, if we co- conduct our lives according to the king's directions, guess what? We will be like the king. Now, this is, you know, some of, some of you, uh, I, I don't want to categorize people by jobs, but, but if, if you've ever used a recipe to cook something, okay? I know we have some, some men and some women in here who cook. Okay, But if you go by that recipe and you use the ingredients that recipe calls for, you will get what you were hoping for. But if you start to mix and to match and add a little here and add a little there, what you have is not what you started out to gain. For those of you that, uh, that love instructions and put together things, if you don't follow the instructions... You won't get what, you, what you're hoping to have. Just trust me, okay? I've spent many a night, Christmas, trying to assemble things that had instructions that weren't very clear and for some reason would end up with a handful of parts. I once took a lawnmower apart and ended up with a bunch of extra parts. My daddy was not happy. It would not work. So if if I don't follow the instructions, I don't get what I'm supposed to get. And folks, if we don't follow the instructions, if we don't obey the king, how can we say we belong to the king? How can we say that we're the king's kids? Listen to me. When I talk about seeking his righteousness, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about be good, don't do this, do this. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about act like you're you're the son or the daughter of the king. Act the way he acts. We don't gain righteousness by trying to do good things for God, but rather by allowing him to live his life through us. Okay? Okay? It's a big difference. You may not realize this, but you and I can't achieve the righteousness of God by being good enough or doing things, even if they're, they're done perfect. We can't achieve the righteousness of God. We receive the righteousness of God. Let me say that again. We, we can't achieve the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We receive it. It's a gift. 
He gives it to his children. You don't get to a place where you've been good enough and all of a sudden he pours it out on you. When we come with all our, 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 our blemishes and all our faults and, and all our issues, he pours it out on us. We receive his righteousness. But folks, the lie of the enemy is you've got to achieve it. You've got to work for it. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You're not good enough. And when we fail, what does the devil do? I told you. You're a stinking, dirty, whatever, blah, 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 blah. You know, the, you know the lie. You hear the same voice I hear. Folks, we don't achieve it. And if you're trying to achieve it, you're worried right now about your relationship with Christ. Because you just don't know where you stand. Listen, if you know Jesus, you stand in the shadow of the cross. And you are covered with His blood. Not partially, but completely. And when God sees you, He sees Jesus. Okay? You're as safe as safe can be. You're right where you need to be. We can't achieve that righteousness. We receive it. We're declared righteous by what Jesus has already done on the cross. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says, He, that's God, made Him, that's Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become, listen to this, the righteousness of God in Christ. Yeah, yeah, but, 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 you don't know what God... He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Folks, we live out that righteousness by faith. I love what Romans 1, 17, the latter part of that verse says, but the righteous man, the righteous woman shall live by faith. It doesn't say the righteous man or the righteous woman shall live by worry or through fear. Or by anxiety. Folks, we seek His righteousness by, not by doing, but by believing. By stepping out in faith. We seek His righteousness by doing what He says that we are supposed to do in faith. We obey the King. Listen to me. Obedience is the hallmark of faith. It's not the hallmark of fear. When you obey someone out of fear, that is the lowest level that, of obedience that you and I can, can walk in. Okay, that, that's, slaves would obey out of fear because they were afraid what would happen. We obey out of love because we want to please the king. I want to do what the king wants me to do. When we, when we serve one another and, and we do what we're asked to do by our spouse, we do it not because we have to. If you're doing it because you have to, that's the lowest level of love that a person can have. We do it out of, of that heartfelt love that, that I'll do this because I love you and I know this pleases you. I know this makes you happy. That's why we obey, folks. If we obey out of fear, we really don't understand the heart of God. Folks, if you obey out of faith, that abiding trust demonstrates your love for God. Jesus put it this way. He said in John chapter 14, verse 15, He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will do what I say. Listen, if we truly love God, we'll obey God. 
It's not a big deal. Okay? It's not because we feel like we have to. It's because we want to. Listen, in, in the kingdom, the citizens seek the provider first. And they imitate who he is through what they do. Through their obedience. And as we pursue and as we bow, as we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, as we do what we are responsible to do, and that's, that's it right there. We're to seek God first and his righteousness. That's our job. Then it becomes the provider's job to do what he is responsible for. And you know what he does? He provides. He provides. Listen to what the verse says. It says, seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things, all these things, whatever we need, what the concerns of our life, the hopes for our future, what most of us are struggling and striving for in vain, Scripture says He will provide what we need. It says, all these things shall be added to you. You know what all means? All. Some of you believe that. Listen, the Holy Spirit does not just use words. He doesn't just talk to talk. He says all these things, all means without exception. Everything you need, and we've talked about this before, everything you need and more. Because God pours out in abundance. God will supply them out of His liberality, out of His overflowing grace, out of His riches. Now listen, shall be added to you means to be deposited or added to your account. What do you do with your check when you get it? Man, I spend that baby as quick as I can. <laughs> I used to work with people like that. I probably don't need to tell this story, so I'm not. It's going to come out. But I have worked with individuals who, who would get their check on Friday, and they wouldn't go home. And they'd be back at work on Monday. And I have seen little wives, 17, 18 years old, be there on Friday afternoon, get their husbands checks because their husbands couldn't be trusted to go home with them. So what did they do? I don't know, but they drank a lot of beer. Okay. God says that he, all these things shall be added to our account. They'll be put on our account. It means to deliver an allowance. An allowance is not something you earn. It's something that you're given. These things are rewards. They're given out of love. They're, given, they're not wages. Wages are what we earn. God deposits from His account into our account. When we seek Him first and we pursue His righteousness, God makes deposits in our bank account. When Kathy and I were first married, we went to, to it was, let's see, is it, uh, it's not, it wasn't regions then, it was uh, First National Bank of, of uh, something that became Amsal, that tells you how old I am. But we had a little bank account, didn't have much in it, you could track it, it was always about the same after the week was over. And one time, there was a huge deposit in it. Now, my father's name, we've got the same first name. Well, guess what? The bank put his money in my account. Okay, I had to give it back. Okay. But listen, God 
has the same name. We have His name. He puts His money in our account when we need it. Well, I wish you'd put me in plenty so I could see ahead. No, you don't because you just waste it. He puts what you need when you need it. When I seek Him, when I go after His righteousness, He makes deposits in my account. He takes the worry and the stress and the anxiety out of this situation and that circumstance. Folks, He makes funds available. Listen to me, where God guides you to go, He will provide for you. I'm going to say that again. Wherever God guides, He will provide. So what good does it do to worry? If you're incapable of doing something, that is, you don't possess the ability to make it happen, what good does it do to worry? Seek the provider and the provisions will come. Listen, the provisions that I'm talking about are far more than what we need to live. God doesn't just want us to scratch by. He doesn't just want us to get by. He wants to give us everything we need. The provisions that God will give us come out of our inheritance. Do do you realize this? I mean, you've heard me say this over and over and over, but Scripture says that we are heirs of God. We are joint heirs with Jesus. So when we get what we need, it's coming out of our inheritance. It's coming out of of God's riches. It's coming out of, of His riches in Christ Jesus. We are inheriting. We are unlocking. If you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, you are inserting the key of the kingdom. And guess what happens? The treasury door opens up. And everything that I need for that circumstance or that situation gets provided. Listen to me. What's God's name? One of His names? Jehovah Jireh. I am the God who provides. That's not just something He does, folks. That's who He is. That's His character. That's that's one of His attributes. I am the God who provides. So we're supposed to seek the provider and the provisions then will come. If we don't learn this principle, folks, we're not going to enjoy the privileges and the resources that are presently available to us as recipients and citizens of the kingdom. If you don't have what you need, then seek him harder. Go after Him more. Take the distractions out of your life. Laser focus. He's not holding back. Okay? His pockets are open. I mean, it's, it's, I mean those of you that have grandchildren. Now I realize there's a point. You can't give grandchildren everything they want. But I'm going to tell you what. I give my little red-headed grandbaby just about anything she asks for. Okay? I know I probably don't need to say this, but I'm like this. Chocolate's not going to kill her. She's not allergic to it. <laughs> I realize her mother and daddy don't want her to have chocolate. Nelson, do you mean you sneak chocolate to her? Not on regular occasions, but every once in a while. A sip of Mountain Dew is not going to kill her. It's not going to launch her into orbit. That's what papas are supposed to do. 
She crawls up in my lap. She looks me in the eyes and says, Papa, will you get this for me? I can't find this toy. Will you find it for me? Man, I get up and I turn the house upside down. Why? Because I love her. Folks, our Heavenly Father loves us. You say, well, how do you know He loves us? He sent His Son to die for us. There is no greater love than someone who would give their life for another. Our Father loves us, and He will give us what we need. And sometimes what we need is what we want. He'll give us the desires of our heart. Folks, our responsibility is to seek, it's to pursue, it's to go after Him with all our heart and to walk in faith before Him. As long as we seek the wrong things, guess what? We're going to end up frustrated and we're going to end up worried. But if we begin to seek Him and we begin to seek His righteousness, you know what happens? Heaven kisses earth. It kiss, he, God kisses the situation I'm in, the job I'm on, the relationship I'm in. The, whatever it is, God kisses it. Heaven touches earth. And it changes. Because whatever God touches has to change. Okay? It cannot remain the same. Heaven, the kingdom comes. When we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, it's only then and only then, folks, that all these things get added to our account. See, it doesn't work. All these things will be added to your account, and you can do this if you want to. No, it's when we seek God and we go after His righteousness that it's added. Listen, if we try to unlock the door to our needs with the key of our own independence or our own ability, we're going to be frustrated. But listen to me. If you will use the key, the key of seeking God and His righteousness, if you will use that key of the kingdom, God's provisions will always be available. And listen to me. They will always be sufficient for whatever the need is. I'm going to ask you this morning. Which key are you trying to use this morning? Well, you know what, Pastor, I'm not real sure. Well, let me me ask the question a little bit different. I want you to consider the results of your life right now. Are you worried and anxious? Mm, It's either yes or no. Are you worried and anxious right now? Or are you sufficiently satisfied and secure? See, that's, that's, that's the only two options we've got. If I'm worried and anxious, I'm using the wrong key. If I'm, if I'm satisfied and I'm, I'm secure right now, I've got what I need for where I'm at right now, for this moment, then it's a good bet that you're where you need to be. Seek the provider, not the provision. Pursue God, and He'll provide. Let's pray. Father, this morning. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening, and have a blessed week.